96.7 FM WTOB. You're listening to The Wealth Guardians with Doug Ray, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. I'm your host, Bryce Payne. With me this week is not Doug Ray, but the next best thing, Garrett Ray. And this week, we are dipping into our listeners' mailbag and answering those questions like we do about once a month. Garrett, how are you doing? Welcome to the studios again. Doing all right, Bryce, but man, I am hot. It is so sweltering out there. It's a little on the warm side, isn't it? A little on the warm side, yeah. I was born in summer, have always loved summer, but it this is getting up there. This and it's not big. even technically summer yet. I know. <laughs> I know. Yes. Well, uh, you know, I've got to, uh, I'm going to be spending some time out on uh, my new deck in the heat watching the, the Avs play oh. the Lightning. So uh, I might have to move that inside at some point, particularly on the weekend <laughs> games. We'll, we'll see what goes on there. Absolutely. Uh, Garrett, we're going to, of course, do our Wealth Guardian service salute here before we get started on the show. Why don't you uh, take the uh, reins on that one? Absolutely, Bryce. You know, every week we're honored to thank our military first responders, their families for their sacrifice in serving our community and making our safety and freedom their mission. Uh, Each week we want to support a specific individual. So if you know someone that we should recognize, please email our team at salute at thewealthguardians.com and we'll be in touch. Um, But this week we'd like to introduce Air Force Sergeant John Davis. John served during the Vietnam War, and he was a Morse code specialist. Nice. Yeah. After the war, he returned home to Maryland. His family, including his little sister, Lynn Davis, who was only five when he enlisted. John went on to work uh, for the CIA and traveled worldwide. He married, had two sons, and Lynn Davis herself got married, became Lynn Smith, is now married with a family of her own, and she's part of our Wealth Guardian staff, so... Uh, of any clients out there listening, you may have talked to Lynn on the phone, and we're celebrating her brother uh, this week, who unfortunately did pass away in July of 2012. So, Sergeant John Davis, thank you for your service. All right, and Lynn, thank you for uh, submitting that. And uh, again, if anybody else wants to uh, have their family member or loved one recognized, as Garrett said, email us at support at thewealthguardians.com. All right, let's go ahead and get started on the show. What do we, uh, what, what do we have first in the mailbag here, Garrett? Yeah, so the first question we have coming up comes from Wendy out of Randleman. She says, I just inherited a 70-acre farm along with my six siblings. Okay. Four of them want to sell, and three of us want to keep it. Is it worth trying to buy out those four, or should we just argue until everybody is on the same page? Oh, Wendy, that's a great question. Short answer is just keep arguing. (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, So coming from a a financial planner's perspective, there are certain things that you would have to um, analyze here. So here's what you need to consider, Wendy. First off, do you have the liquid assets set aside um, and, and do the other, uh, uh, let me see here, is uh, buying out the other four. So you've got three others there. So you've got two mm-hmm. others with uh, against the four. Do you have, and the other two, have the liquid assets set aside for your retirement? That's not maybe not an answer that you know for sure off the top of your head. You might think you do. You might be a little confused. You might know that you don't. That's, one, that's the first question we'd have to ask. Then the next question I'd come at you with is, okay, how much income or growth could that money have otherwise made? So if you've got to put in, I, I, you didn't leave any of the numbers here, so I'm just right. using a round number here. But if you put in 100000 how much could that 100000 have generated for you growth-wise or income-wise? That's mm-hmm. one thing that we've got to consider. 
how much income can this land generate for you if it's going to be income oriented? Now, I'm assuming, as since you and I, Garrett, are numbers people, that Wendy, this money, this this money that you're going to put aside is an investment. But that's I might be making a false assumption there. Mm. It might be that this has sentimental value to you and you just don't want to get rid of it for that reason. Maybe there's a house on the property or this is acreage that you grew up on and you can't bear to say goodbye to it. I'm not going to be able to quantify that with an answer. That's that's a tough one to, to answer for you. But let's assume then, go back to the numbers. If you are looking to generate income or growth off of this, that's what we've got to figure out. How much income or growth can it generate? And how long until it would take that income to start up and be routine and regular for you? Or right. how long would it take for that growth to be something that you could realize? Um, the next question I'd ask is, when you sell, when it comes time to sell this, and you realize that growth, is that going to be a taxable event for you? There are ways to keep it from being a taxable event, and there, there are cons, there are trade-offs to that being not being a taxable event. Is that something that's worth it to you going down that road? Uh, going down that route. And then does this large purchase interfere or inhibit in any way any of the other goals that you might have had in retirement? So you're tying up this money. What else was that money earmarked for down the road? And you you have to consider the pros and cons of that. Obviously, this is not something I'm going to be able to give you an answer to over the phone, but at least I'm pointing you in the direction of things that you would want to consider, how to lay this out on the table to discuss with your siblings. Is this even doable? Yeah. And I think it gives a little bit of insight to kind of as we look at someone like Wendy who has this problem, what kind of questions are we would we ask someone like Wendy? What's our problem solving mindset here? Yes, that's exactly right. And Garrett is an engineer. That's all what you're all about is doing these problem solvings on a mathematical basis. All right, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Wealth Guardians. I'm Bryce Payne. With me is Garrett Ray, and we are answering our listeners' questions for the every so many weeks. We get these stockpiled in our inbox, and we've got to dip into the good ones here. And uh, Garrett and I, or Doug and I, whoever we've got on the show that week, we'll sit down and answer these, and that's where we're at today. So, Garrett, uh, we were talking, uh, we answered the first one there for Wendy. Who do we have next? Yeah, so this next one's a good one, uh, Bryce. So uh, Roy in Winston-Salem says, I'm close to retiring, and I'm interviewing and comparing a couple of different financial advisors. What metrics are most important to compare them on? Oh, Roy, this is probably, I love this question. Thank you. This is probably one of my favorite questions to be asked. So uh, this is cutting down on the meat and potatoes. What are you looking for in a financial planner, particularly if you're a retirement, uh, if you're edging near retirement, what are you looking for? Who do you trust? Who do you turn your money over to, to make the best decisions for you? First thing that I would say that I would look for is credentials. What Mm -hmm. kind of credentials do they have? There is no shortage, Garrett, of these two, three, four, five-letter initials after somebody's name, and people get confused with that. They don't know what they all mean. You can do a quick Google search, but it, how do you really know? So right. the credentials is going to be important. I would say at the top of that list would be the RICP credential, and that's mm-hmm. what your dad and I have. You're going to be working on that here shortly, and I have, I have no doubts that the, you'll, you'll breeze through that faster than I did. But it's an in-depth credential, and it is one of the few credentials that somebody who has a securities license is actually able to show after their name. So my being a, a registered investment advisory representative, 
Um, I have certain restrictions on me and I'm only allowed to, I've got many credentials out there, but I'm only allowed on my business card or on my uh, shingle allowed to put certain credentials. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is one of them. I am the RICP retirement income certified professional. If you're close to retiring, that would be one of the main ones that you're looking for. So, and there are some others out there as well, but we'll, we'll leave it at that. I, I can't, we don't have time to go into all of them out there. Right. Uh, that would be one of the first things, Roy, that you'd want to look for. The second one I would say is reviews online. Now, everybody out there has to be cautious about are these reviews or what you're looking at legitimate or not. And you can, of course, look up Google reviews on, on anything. But I would say that that's another uh, fairly safe way to go is look up and see. At least you'll find red flags if mm-hmm. they're out there. You you can look up and say, oh, my gosh, I, I, so many people gave this place one stars or whatnot. Okay, I'm going to move on to the next place. Uh, so check out your reviews online. Very safe place to look at reviews is Better Business Bureau. Yep. Uh, that that's an easy one, and of course we're on there as well. Both of our offices here uh, here in uh, Clemens and our office in uh, in Charlotte as well. Then I'd say probably this would be at the top of the list is a fiduciary. We operate on the fiduciary standard, and only about fifty percent of advisors operate on the fiduciary standard. That just means that whatever recommendations that advisor is giving to you, they are obligated by their licenses and certificates to make those uh, those recommendations in your best interest. It sounds like that would be a given, right? It's actually not. About 50% of advisors out there are only required to act on the suitability standard, which means they can consider what's in their best interest as well as yours. Yeah. That's like going to a doctor and the doctor recommends a surgery. You would like to think that he's, he's recommending that surgery because it's what you need, right. not because, yeah. hey, it's something that I like to do and I'm good at and I get paid well for it. No. So when we're fiduciaries, we're obligated to act in your best interest. So that, that would be the, the key one, Roy, that I would say you have to ask for or look into. Um, are their fees reasonable? Are their fee structures reasonable? Uh, what is the planning, planning process like? How detailed and thorough is it? Uh, do you have a good connection with the person? You want to be able to trust them, like I said. Do you, do you get a good feeling from them? That's, that's certain one that you can uh, put out there as well. And I would say, are they an independent firm or are they answering to some big corporate identity and, and yep. what they've passed down from the head office, whether that's in New York or even yeah, some San other Francisco. place, yeah, San yep. Francisco or even some other place in the world. So Roy, great question. I'm so glad you uh, asked us that. If you have questions like that, I, I want to give you the opportunity as well to sit down with us and uh, let us tell you what we're about. If you're getting ready to retire, there's no cost or obligation for sitting down with us, and we'll tell you what we're about and what our planning process is like. And uh, the only obligation on your point is uh, the time and the money, not the money, just the gas money, which is yeah. now more than it used to be, to come in here and sit down with us. But uh, we don't charge for that. And to do that, it's 336-391-3409. You can also visit us at thewealthguardians.com. Well, Garrett, uh, it's like so often here when we do these uh, these radio shows, the time just slips away incredibly quickly. But uh, before we go to break, and then we'll be back after the break, but before we go to break, it's time for our trivia question. All righty. It's time for the Wealth Guardian's trivia question of the week. All right, Garrett. On June 18th, 1815, Emperor Napoleon suffered a shattering defeat on the battlefield that resulted in his capture and exile on the island of St. Helena, Mm. where he remained until his death six years later. Now, you went to the Citadel, so I know you've got a little (laughs) bit of of battle history in you. What was the name of this battle? 
All right. This is Bryce Payne. With me is Garrett Ray. The show is The Wealth Guardians, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. And this is 96.7 FM WTOB. 96.7 FM WTOB. You're listening to The Wealth Guardians with Doug Ray, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. I'm Bryce Payne, along with not Doug Ray this week, but along with Garrett Ray. Garrett, thank you for joining us. And again, this week we are dipping into our listeners' mailback and answering those questions. So now I've got a question for you. I've asked this just about for the last two years right after coming back into the break. I'm going to ask it at least one more time. Are you five to seven years from retirement? Okay, if you answered yes to that, I'm going to ask you a second question. Do you want to confirm that you're making the best decisions for your retirement? I know that you just answered yes to that if you answered yes to the first question. Well, I've got good news for you. We offer a no-cost, no-obligation, second review, second opinion of your current portfolio and your overall financial situation to see what services and help we can provide you to help you retire the job and keep the paycheck. There is no cost. There's no obligation for this, but the ball is in your court. If you would like to sit down with Garrett, Doug, and myself and see if there's anything that you're not doing that you should be doing or anything you are doing that you shouldn't be doing financially to best secure your retirement, I want you to pick up the phone and give us a call. 336-391-3409. That's 336-391-3409. You can also reach out to us at our website, thewealthguardians.com. Having said all that, it is time for our trivia question of the week answer. Let's see if we stumped Garrett here. Garrett, are you ready? I believe I'm ready. All right, here we go. You're, you are, we've asked you three now or two? Three. I'm two for three. You're two for three. Yeah. All right, let's see if we can uh, get you back to uh, 75% here. <laughs> Garrett, on June 18th, 1815, Emperor Napoleon suffered a shattering defeat on the battlefield that resulted in his capture and exile on the island of St. Helena, where he remained until his death six years later. Simple question. Okay. What was the name of that battle? You went to school at the Citadel. Yep. I know you know this. Yeah, so I believe I recall my world history here. Um, Napoleon was defeated by the Duke of Wellington at Waterloo, which is a now present-day Belgium. Final answer. Wow. Very. Let's go ahead and do that one right here. <laughs> not only did you know, I was just looking for the simple answer, Waterloo. Folks, not only did Garrett get Waterloo, but I was going to elaborate that <laughs> I didn't expect you to get that who did he defeat there? Well, he defeated the Duke of Wellington. Yeah. So even for extra extra bonus points. Well, the Duke the Duke got Napoleon. Yeah, The Duke got Napoleon, yeah. right. But uh, he had a British, uh, he had a, a multifaceted army, the Duke of Wellington. He did. He yeah. had British there. He had the Irish. He had the Welsh. He had the Scottish army there. He had even Prussians with him. Yep. I did uncover something interesting about this, that um, Napoleon usually goes out and scouts out the battlefield uh, beforehand, mm. and the myth, if you will, is that he didn't do that that day because of hemorrhoids in it. He couldn't get on his horse, <laughs> so that delayed them getting out there, and it uh, allowed the Prussians to catch up with uh, the Duke of Wellington's army. Now, here's something I bet you didn't know. <laughs> Technically, Napoleon never stepped foot in Waterloo, that the battle was three miles south in what was originally known as the Battle of Mont-Saint-Jean. That's where the Battle of Wellington mm -hmm. actually happened. Uh, the Battle of um, Waterloo actually happened, but Wellington's army was based 
in Waterloo. So he came back there at the end of the battle and sent his reports from there. Uh, And so that's why it was called the Battle of Waterloo in the end. And I guess, again, that just proves that history is written by the victors, right? Absolutely. (laughs) That is a little tidbit I did not know. Okay, there we go. Well, you are back. You're three for four now, so we're back up to 75%. And again, doing a... Uh, showing your dad up one there. All <laughs> right, let's go ahead and get back to our uh, our listener questions here. And Garrett, we had a, a couple in the first one, in the first segment. Let's get to our next one. Who are we hearing from now? Absolutely. So, all right. So this one's from Marty in Ashboro. He says, "I keep talking myself in a circle. I've been out of the market for several years, and I've missed out on a lot of growth. I don't want to jump back in right now." because it looks like we have a crash coming soon. I also don't want to stay on the sidelines and miss out on even more growth when we recover. What's the right answer here? Uh, Marty, that is not an uncommon uh, predicament to be in. It's actually so common that we have a name for it in the field, and it's called analysis paralysis. (laughs) And that is that you are so busy, you're so consumed with analyzing the situation and figuring out whether to go north, south, east, or west with your investments or with your financial plan, that it's so overwhelming that you just sit back and you never actually end up making a move. We see that happen so often, and it keeps people from making, it does, it keeps them from making bad decisions, but more importantly, it keeps them from making the right decisions, and either of those can be really detrimental. So it's okay I want to stress to you, Marty, and anybody else out there who says, who hears Marty's question and says, oh, I, I can relate to that. I, I missed out on a lot of growth, or I've been sitting on the sidelines as well. It is okay to let professionals take the reins. That's what mm. professionals are for, whether it's in the medical field or uh, a mechanic. It's okay to let them take the reins of something. And I think if somebody has had a 401k most of their lives and they've picked out uh, the mutual funds to be in, maybe they've got a brokerage account on the side and they've picked out the uh, the stocks or the bonds to be in, they hesitate in turning that over. It's okay to do that. There are professionals out there who know what they're doing. You just yep. have to find the right one. And that would take us back to our first segment where we were talking to Roy and his question on what does what what uh, rationale does he use or what um, uh, metrics does he use to figure out who is the right financial advisor for him. So, Marty, assume that you've, you listen to Roy's question there and you figure out now what's important to you, an advisor, and you find that advisor – don't fret on just turning the monies over to them and letting them, you know, they, ha- they have to know what your goals and objections, objectives are and uh, what your risk tolerance is. Yep. But once that's figured out, it's okay to do that. And I, I would say trying to make some certain decisions on your own is tough. And I get that. And that's what professionals are out there for. So I, I hope that answers your question. Garrett, do you have anything to add on that? Yeah, you know, I think it, I think you're spot on. You know, it's, most of our clients have other professions, other lives going on. This is what we do day in and day out. Um, we're connected with people who do this day in and day out. So they have the time, they have the energy, they have the focus to understand where the markets are. You know, if it's getting in, you know, overbought territory, oversold territory, and that can make those professional calls. So being comfortable after you've sought a, a solid second opinion and, and letting that professional guide you through financial decisions makes a heck of a lot of common sense it takes a lot of stress off you too marty i I sense the stress there in your question Mm. and that's what a a financial professional can do for you if you are just tuning in you're listening to the wealth guardians and uh, i'm bryce Payne. with me is garrett ray and today we are answering your our listeners questions uh we get these every 
every day we get listener questions in here and we've got to weed out the the excellent questions from the good questions and that's what we're doing here today garrett who do we have next absolutely we have charlotte from salisbury she says i'm retiring in the latter half of the year hopefully by the holidays and amazingly i'll have about 16 weeks of unused vacation and sick leave that they'll have to pay me i'm told that i can take this all in my final paycheck or continue being paid on my normal schedule every two weeks for a few months after I retire. Does it matter which way I do this? You know, I, I read all these questions beforehand just to make sure that I'm, I'm reading in between the lines and I'm catching the nuances of these. And this was one that my initial instinct was uh, a little bit off, Charlotte. Uh, I thank you for this question because of that. My first inclination was it doesn't really matter. We're only talking mm-hmm. 16 weeks. And I was thinking about, well, what are you going to do with that money? Are you going to invest it? Is it just going to be sitting in your bank account? Probably 16 weeks, the market could go up, could go down if you invested it. I, I don't have the specifics, so it probably wouldn't matter. But but then I caught myself and realized, oh, okay, what did she just say here? She says, I'm retiring in the latter half of the year. And she said, exact date to be determined. Yep. This could matter and it could not matter, Charlotte. But if you make a good income, and particularly if you're making six figures, if you're retiring in the latter half of the year and you take this as a lump sum, that means that all of your income is coming in this year which might mean, I don't know the specifics again, but it could mean that you are in the 22 or even 24% tax bracket. But if you delay as much of this money coming into you until the 2023 year, when you're going to be retired, now you're not going to have much income, which means that you'll probably be in the lower 10 or even lower than the 10% tax bracket. Exactly. Could be anyway. So this could make a huge difference if if the difference between 12% and 22% taxes is a huge difference to you. I know it is to me, Charlotte. (laughs) Then it could really matter. Now, in order to get you an exact answer on that, you would have to sit down with at least some kind of financial planner. I'm I'm offering the doors open here if you'd like to come see us. But... uh, to get you that exact answer, you'd have to sit through a little bit of planning process with your advisors so they can get the specific on your numbers and whatnot and get you that clear answer. Uh, just to let you know, Charlotte, uh, uh, we are available. You can reach out to us, 336-391-3409. That's 336-391-3409. We have offices in Charlotte. But we also have offices up here in Clemens and the Triad area. Uh, You can also reach out to us at our website, thewealthguardians.com. But really what you're looking to do, Charlotte, is sit down, have a planning process, and let that financial planner figure out what tax bracket you're in, what tax bracket you might not be in if you uh, delay some of these payments until next year. Chances are you're going to be in a very low tax bracket next year. And then what we'd also want to start bringing into the conversation at that point is um, IRA to Roth conversions. Because when you're retired in those years before you retire, after you retire, but before you take your Social Security, you have a great opportunity to uh, do some IRA to Roth conversions. So that'd be another thing that we'd want to add to that conversation. But great question, Charlotte. Uh, you almost tripped me up on that one. Thank you for that. <laughs> and Garrett, do we have time for one more here? I think we do here. All right, let's Um, get to it. Yep. So this next one is from Buddy in Yakinville, and he's a little bit impatient. He says, I'm quite ready to retire, but I won't be old enough for Medicare for another six months. Should I just stick it out until then? All right. Well, that's a very, very common scenario, buddy, and I appreciate the question again. We have to consider this all the time. Uh, There's certain things that you have to consider here. You didn't say anything about this, so I'm guessing you probably already thought about this, and it's not an option, but let me at least put it out there. 
do you have the, any um, health benefits uh, through your spouse is mm-hmm. an option because that would take the, that would take the stress of your question right off. If you've got that, then okay, no harm, no foul then by retiring early in that sense. If you don't, let's move on then to the assumption that you don't. How much will pre-Medicare cost you? That's the big thing. We have to know that. Is that affordable for your retirement plan? Now, that's, I know that you don't know that. Otherwise, you wouldn't have bothered asking us the question. So we can't tell you that uh, whether you should, take, you should stick it out or not. Once we figure out that cost, I'm not going to say, no, you don't, you, you, you don't want to retire or it's not worth it to you to retire or it is worth it for you to retire. I can't give you that answer. But what I can do is I can run some very helpful charts that show you the long-term impacts on the on your retirement nest egg of retiring now versus paying for your own health care coverage now and not working longer. And you'll see from our charts and graphs that Garrett and I or, or Doug would run for you, you can answer that question yourself. Then when you see the numbers and you say, okay, gosh, if I retired now, my nest egg at age 90 is worth X amount. But if I retire later and don't have to pay for my own health care coverage, then my nest egg is X exponentially or how much larger is it, then you can formulate the answer for yourself. So I'm not here to answer that question for you. Garrett's not here to answer that question for you. Doug's not here to answer that question for you. But we provide you the information that allows you to answer that question yourself. I love the question, uh, buddy, and it is something that we get all the time and figuring out if somebody wants to retire early, they have to consider that kind of thing. Uh, one thing I want you to consider is are you having fun in the heat this weekend. I hope you are. I hope you're staying hydrated. Keep that sunscreen on you. Uh, Garrett, thank you for joining me in your dad's absence this weekend. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Love doing it with you. And uh, this is Bryce Payne. With me is Garrett Ray. The show is The Wealth Guardians, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. And this is 96.7 FM WTOB.